0: I remember this one time um, the Lord told us to give, and it was at a time where we didn't have anything. In fact, we'd gone through all of our everything. Remember, honey, we were in one of those down seasons. How many of you have been there? (laughs) Woo! You're just holding on, aren't you? Going, help! You know, it's kind of like a slip and slide. You just kind of slide out of the, uh, you know, and you watch all your stuff. We sold all our stuff. We sold our jet ski. Sold our house, sold our cars. Woo! That was fun. We had this last little bit left in the checking account, and we were like, "Nothing was coming in." Nothing. And when and the Lord, we were in worship, John and I together, and the Lord said, "I want you to give away everything. I want you to write a check, and I want you to empty out your checking account." And we we're like, "But we don't have any money coming in." <laughs> Okay, that can't be God. Is that God? And then uh, we got to church that Sunday, and um, uh, the word of the Lord was very clear to both of us that we were to sow that, that last amount. And so we didn't know how we were going to eat, and we didn't know how we were going to provide for our family, but we knew that in faith we had heard from the Lord. And so we sowed that last bit of money. And it really wasn't that much. I mean, honestly, you know, and the Lord said this to me very clearly. He said, would you rather hold on to your lack or participate in my abundance? And so we didn't know where it was going to come from and we didn't know how we were going to do it, but we knew we'd heard from the Lord. And so we sowed that last uh, bit of money and cleared out that checking account. That was a good day, wasn't it, baby? (laughs) It was better. John was manifesting a little. (laughs) And uh, two days later, he got a job for seven, 700 times what we had in our checking account. 700 times. Now, I would say that's a pretty good uh, uh, exchange, wouldn't you? Don't you know that um, I'd rather participate in his abundance than hold on to my lack? Because that's a lot better than what I had in that checking account. And it just really opened up the door of provision for us and everything... Um, really started to um, we started to his business started taking off after that. So praise God, thank you guys. love y'all. That was amazing. Yep, I'll tell you what, if god 's messing with your money, that means he 's after your heart. That's good word. It's true, it's true, it's true. He doesn't need your money. He desires um, to get you into the kingdom. And a lot of times he does it through your wallet. Well, not a lot of times, like 90% of the time he'll do it through your wallet. Because don't you know that the love of money is the root of all evil? Mm-hmm. All right. So, how many of you have been enjoying this series on um, Lifestyle of Heaven? If you haven't had an opportunity um, to listen to it, or if you've missed some of them, I really encourage you to go back and to listen. Uh, We're like on number eight now, so we've been doing this for a couple of months, and it's just line upon line, and and so um, I encourage you to go back and listen to the ones that you've missed, because I've been trying uh, you know, to build on what it is that I feel like the Lord is saying for the season, uh, and I say season, um, the uh, season that we're... Rolling into very quickly. Um, I just want to kind of give a heads up for those of you that may have something to do after this. You, you may want to call those people and go ahead and cancel because we're going to go a little long today. And it's really, today is like one of those days that you don't want to like go, gee, I've got to go and, and have lunch because we're going to do something at the end um, and it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, uh uh-oh, we're going to write you all million-dollar checks. (laughs) You think I'm kidding. Um, So this is really what we're going to be talking about today. So we've been talking about the lifestyle of heaven, and we've been talking about how heaven and earth work together as a system. When God created the earth, he created the heavens, right? So he was creating both of those things, and as I've said before, God did not need heaven in order to exist because he existed before he created the heavens therefore there was a purpose and when he created the earth he also created the heavens so that he could have a place where he dwelt and he and it was a place where he communicated with his people in that place and so heaven and earth work as a system together cooperating together okay and 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 when these two operate together it is the completion of the government of God so the government of God is when you have heaven and earth cooperating as one together it's not just an earthly situation um, it is not just a heavenly situation but it is the partnership of both heaven and earth working together and, and um, in Isaiah, it says that the increase of his government will have no end. So we know that this thing is going to continually grow and that every generation is going to get an increased revelation of what this government looks like so that we can function as ambassadors sent from heaven into the earth to take dominion. Because don't you know that the kingdom of heaven is a theocracy? When heaven and earth work together, it is all-consuming. It is a theocracy. That government is a theocracy, meaning that it consumes everything that it touches and everything comes under the authority of that theocracy, which is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, in a nutshell, is heaven and earth working together. It's you going to heaven to bring what is in heaven down to the earth, right? So here's the thing that we're called to be. We are called to be storehouses or distribution centers. We're called to distribute the kingdom in the earth. Would you agree with that? So every single one of us is called to be a Joseph to distribute the things that we see and we hear, we apprehend those things, and we bring them down to the earth, right? Can I get agreement on that? All right. So when Jesus talked about the generation and the season of this transition um, uh, before his return, I want you to, uh, no, wait a minute, I'm not going to go there yet. Hold on. As, um, in fact, when we, um, when I, when we changed the name, we actually used to be the house of Zerubbabel. How many of you were here when we were the house of Zerubbabel? All right. So that nobody could spell it and nobody could remember it. And nobody could say it. And when you're out uh, at, on outreaches, you would tell them, they'd say, well, where do you go to church? What church are you guys from? And you'd say the house of Zerubbabel. And it just opened up a whole, you know, theological discussion in there. And you're like, okay, never mind." So, uh, the Lord sent several prophets to us, and he told us in a dream that um, he was going to change our name to storehouse, and um, the great news about being a storehouse is it's a place where you um, store up, just as Joseph did, to distribute, right? And so, I want to talk to you, last week we talked about a lot of this, but today I want to talk to you about a restored soul life. And in a restored soul life, you have a redeemed imagination. Because the soul life is made up of what? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So Jesus came, he came to save your spirit, right? To heal your body and to restore your soul. A restored soul is necessary to understand the supernatural and everything that it allows for our lives. And also allowing us to hear God's voice. The soul makes up the essence, basically of who you are, and it includes your personality. Uh, my soul life is very loud and um, usually typically wears bright clothes and laughs, you know, like guffaws and like a hyena most of the time. Um, <laughs> But that's our, our personality, and it's our mind, it's our desires, it's our attitude, and it is also our imagination. Now, remember, Paul said to the Romans this: and be not conformed, but by, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, what is acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God. Okay, I want you to repeat that. I'm going to say it and you're going to repeat it, okay? And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Okay, the perfect will of God. The, the word very clearly states that we have the ability to be the perfect man when we are doing the will of God. And so, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen a whole lot of that walking around in the earth, the, the perfect man. Um, we saw it in Jesus because Jesus did what? He fulfilled everything that the Father showed him and told him. He fulfilled it all, everything in the law. He fulfilled it to the letter, right? So if he was a forerunner in these things and Christ came to live on the inside of us, he was part man, 100% man, 100% God, okay? So Christ lives on the inside of me. Guess what? I'm part woman and I'm part God, So he came as a forerunner to show us what would look like the normal Christian life. All right. So in Matthew 7, 21, I hear this quoted to me all the time. Not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven, that he that does what? All right, so he's looking for the perfect man and he said, um, he, so, so Jesus is making this statement and he calls those that live through the practice and the pattern of earthly living lawless. Because he said in order to do the will of the Father, you have to see, you have to hear, and you have to do, and you have to say, Right? So the perfect man is doing the will of the Father. Is it just what's in the book? No. But it is the Rama word, it is listening and seeing daily bread, give us this day our daily bread. It was the prayer we were supposed to pray on earth as it is in heaven. There's a door that was provided for every one of us to enter into the throne room and see the Father. And it says that we can boldly go to that place every day as many times in the day as you need to access him. And and it's as easy as saying, Jesus, come. But what's happened is that when we don't function in the will of the Father, and we and we and we um, live in the pattern of the earth, He's saying this is lawlessness. It is functioning in the kingdom of heaven, which takes us out of the law and being under the law. And it helps us to live in the freedom that Christ came to pay for. But when we, when we function in earthly thinking and earthly patterns, eating of the earth as our source, then in that place, we put ourselves back under the law, which is why many, it says that in the, in the, in the days of the end, and when the shakings come, most people who don't know how to function in the kingdom, their hearts will grow cold. It's, and he attributes that to lawlessness. Because lawlessness is the place where we're living in a place where we're still struggling with sin and we're still struggling with our identity and we don't know who we are because we're not willing to go to the man who gave us our identity to begin with. And so we struggle with things like pornography, addictions, um, uh, the ideas of who we are. Uh, 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 ungodly beliefs, all of these things. I mean, all of the curses and everything. We struggle in those things, and so we never truly are free, and the whole world is looking at the church saying, you don't look any different than I look. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be the exact image of the story. Our story... Your story on this earth needs to look exactly like the story that is being uh, told right now in heaven over you. There is a story. It is a ticker tape. There is a realm that is higher. He calls it higher. Heaven is higher, which means that the attributes of heaven, the value of heaven is higher. There is a place that has your story, but if you're not willing to go and to see your story being told so that you can follow him, remember we're supposed to be disciples. Disciples, what do we do? We follow the leading of the man that is perfect, right? And so he planned, he said, listen, here's the deal. I have planned more than you can hope or imagine. All of these things are in Christ more than you can hope or imagine. That means that means more love than you can hope or imagine. That means more influence, more prosperity. It means that your houses, your cars, your health, your relationships, your emotional health, more than you can hope or imagine. So if you're falling beneath that line, you know that you're still eating of the earth. If you're struggling in sin and those things, you you know you're still eating of the earth because you have not been set free by the one who's already come and done the finished work at the cross so that you can live in freedom. Freedom. And he said the problem is not on Jesus's part. The problem is that there is an awakening coming to his people so they can finally begin to function as kingdom ambassadors. So Jesus, he comes and he talks to uh, Nicodemus. Do you remember him? He was called Israel's teacher. He kind of snuck to see Jesus in the middle of the night. And he's talking to him, and he's like, "Hey, so um, tell me about every who you are, and tell me about what's going on." And and he begins to tell him about the fact that he needed to be born again. And he's like, "What are you talking about? How can I possibly be born again? I'm already born." And so he goes in and he talks to him about being born again. But then he says to him, "This." Um, Which I love Nicodemus because he's, he is, he's got a hunger and he's seeking and searching. And so I love his heart. But Jesus said this, most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we've seen and you do not receive our witness. Notice he says ours. Him him the Father and the Holy Spirit. Um, if I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe when I tell you of heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who has come down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And so he's talking about this invisible place that we're called to go and live out of. And he said, Look listen, you are letting your intellect get in the way and your mind get in the way of the things that are invisible and the things that are of identity. A higher value and attribute than the things of the earth. And that's why Paul prayed in Ephesians. He said, I pray that the, that your eyes and your ears would be illuminated and the, and your, the heart, you would have a heart of understanding. And that you, so, so the eyes of your heart would be awakened, meaning that your spirit eyes would be awakened to these things so that you could function as a son and a daughter. So Jesus is basically saying that you need a redeemed imagination to see heavenly things by faith, because by faith is when we get into God's mind. Turn to Acts two, because I want to I want to talk to you about Pentecost. Um, we're going to kind of jump around today. All right. So um, the Holy Spirit. What he did um, is he came and he landed on the 120, right, at Pentecost. There was a breaking in. And it says, um, Acts two, um, 2, 2 and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as as of a mighty rushing wind, a mighty, a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave utterance so so they what happened where did the holy spirit land on their minds so fire comes and it dances on their minds why because some of us need to change our minds. It didn't land here. It landed here. And what happened is when the Holy Spirit landed on their minds, because um, the mind of a man that thinks like a man is an enemy to God, a redeemed mind, is a mind that is, that is open to the things of the spirit and understands the language of the spirit. So the Holy Spirit lands on the minds of 120 with fire. And what happens is, is new language spirit language begins to come out of their their mouths. And this is what they said. The people of the community said this, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. And that day, 3,000 were added to the church. Now, I don't know about you, but you've got 120 that just all of a sudden got turned into 3,000 because somebody apprehended heaven and began to speak the words of heaven and the oracles of God, which hit them right in their hearts, and and they they were cut to their hearts and began to repent, which means then they began to change their minds, and then they began to be oracles of God. See how it works? Pretty easy, huh? I don't know about you, but I like that math. Yep, that's the multiplication that I can get behind. There are, um, there are enough people in this room to change all of America. There are enough people in this room that if you get this, and you're going to get this, we are going to get this to change the earth. It doesn't matter what happens with, with the stock market. It doesn't hap- it matter what happens with the, the economies of the earth. It doesn't matter what China is doing. What it, what matters is that if, if there are some people that have get, that have grabbed hold of heaven and bring heaven to the earth, then things will begin to change. You see the Lord said that the latter rain will be greater than the former rain. He also said that heaven and earth will not pass away, may pass away, but my words, my words will never pass away. And he says everything that you see is dying, but the word from heaven will never die. It will never die, but it will go out and perform everything that he had in his heart for it. Don't you know that that this generation, this last generation will do so much more than the generation that laid the foundation of the church. We will do so much greater than that. And I believe that as we are established in this foundation and in this thing, that no matter what the world begins, what begins to happen in the world and the shakings that begin to happen, it doesn't matter because our houses are built on a firm foundation and we're going to be doing this while the world is doing this. Why? Because we have a better promise and a better kingdom because our houses will be raised up in this hour we did not build our houses on sinking sand but we raised our our we built our houses he built us on himself therefore we know that this is our finest hour jesus said these days will be like the days of noah Jesus himself said that as you begin to see a transition happening in the earth, I'm going to tell you about the things that will come. And when you begin to see these things, you know that you are in the days of Noah as it was with him. What did he do with Noah? He said, here's how you build an ark. I am going to show you a blueprint from heaven so that all of the animals, all of the people, can you will be a life house. A life house. Say life house. life house. Okay, we're not called to be, I love what Reinhard Bonnke said, we're not called to be uh, leisure liners or uh, 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 what are those boats? The cruise liners. But we're called to be life houses and lifeboats, right? To save many in this hour. So what do we see in here? Here are three things that you need to see in here. Number one, You need to trust what you see and hear. That when you go into a place of prayer, or if you're not even in a place of prayer, if you're just in the marketplace, you're like, God, give me a word for this person. And you access heaven in that place, you have to trust what you see and hear. The second thing is you have to believe what you see and hear. Because we're called to be people of faith And so you're trusting what you're seeing because you know who you are and who you're submitted to. Therefore, you know that what you see is true and that truth actually begins to take dominion over the truth of what you're seeing. Guys, I can't tell you how many times when we're in some sort of financial thing, I go to heaven and I'm like, all right, Lord, why don't you tell me what's going on? I, I, the Lord begins to show me what he's doing and what he's going to do. Therefore, that's what I stand on. And it doesn't matter who comes to me and says, wait a minute, but what you're doing is foolishness. And I'm like, hey, you know what? This is what I know. I know what I've seen and I've heard in heaven, and that is a higher truth than the truth of what I see with my natural eyes. And I'm standing on that, and that's the very thing that the truth rides in on. The third is, is to know. You've got to know how to bring it down to earth. You've got to know how what you see and what you hear, you've got to know how to take that then and begin to apply it so that the earth can begin to get into alignment with the words of heaven and with the pictures of heaven. And I'm going to show you that in a a minute. I'm going to call some friends up uh, to give some testimonies. So what Acts 2 does is it describes the hearing and the seeing and the releasing of, uh, so he said, listen, everybody is going to have dreams and everybody's going to have visions, all right? You're all going to have dreams and you're all going to have visions, all right? Um, a vision, what is a vision? It's basically a daydream. It's a place where your mind has now been set free from the busyness of, of life and you've allowed the Holy Spirit to hijack your brain. And, and listen, this may be a real challenge for a lot of men here going, that just, what are you talking about? You know, we've got to, and, and because men are much more linear than women, women are like, that's so much fun. Let's do that, you know, because we don't categorize. Women have like a thousand things going on at the same time, right, baby? Y'all need to pray for John. He lives with me. (laughs) So basically, prophecy is the agreement by you with heaven's words. You're saying what he's saying, and you're doing what he's doing, right? All right. Um, Now, here's the thing. I can give you some principles, but the Holy Spirit is is your teacher. He's your helper. He's your teacher. And uh, Jesus said, listen, it's really good that I go. Because when I go, I'm going to multiply my seed. I'm going to fall into the ground, and I'm going to multiply into all of you. So, therefore, you can all be like me, Christ, men and women living on the earth, and I'm going to multiply myself through you. He's going to lead us, and we need to trust him to lead us into all truth. Somebody said to me the other day, but I, I don't know if I'm hearing God. And I said, well, just step out and see. You know, the only way to do it is to do it. You know? Ha- I mean, uh, you know, it's like somebody saying to me, "Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read the word." And I said, "Well, that's really good." It's like cooking, right? Have you ever tried to cook without cooking? All you do is read the recipes in the book. It's like, "Well, I'm just gonna, I can quote all of these recipes for you. I can tell you how many cups and how many teaspoons of all of this, and these are all great recipes." I'm like, "Well, good girl, you're going hungry because you ain't cooking. You ain't cooking." You're not making any food, so therefore you got to get in the kitchen and you got to start practicing the things that you've read so that you can get better at it. Hallelujah. Well, what if I don't? What if I make? <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so
0: maybe I haven't been cooking very much. <laughs> Busted. Uh, uh. Baby, I'm cooking the kingdom. (laughs) Uh. My old pastor used to say to me, you know, um, Tracy, God is more able to lead you than you are to follow him. He's really a good leader. And, and when you've submitted yourself to his leadership, you really don't have to worry. He's, it, it's going to be okay. He's a good, good father. Amen. So I love the writer of Hebrews. Hebrews is actually one of my favorite books, actually my favorite book um, in the Bible. It says this in Hebrews 5, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. Say oracles of God. Okay, so he's, he's kind of given them a little bit of a spanking here, the writer of Hebrews, and he's saying to them, listen, you ought to be teaching this stuff by now. You ought to be teaching them about what? The oracles of God. You need to be teaching them about how to distribute the oracles of God in the earth. But he said this, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. So he's saying, I want you to move out of the elementary principles of salvation. He's, d- Jesus did not come to preach the gospel of salvation, but the gospel of the kingdom. So therefore, if we stay in the place of focusing on on the salvation message, we miss the greater things and the more mature things. So we have to grow up. We have to learn the ways of the kingdom. And he goes on here, and uh, Peter says this, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. Which who supplies? God. All right, so if God is supplying something, where is God? Here. All right, so God is supplying, he is the source of every, all of the oracles of God come out of the source of God. That, and he says this, that in all things, all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. So here's what I want to do now. I want to share with you just a couple of testimonies. One is from uh, Crystal. Come on up. And the other one is from Jeff because I want to show you what it's like to, to have a vision. And so we're going to do some practical things today. Jeff, come on up. All the way. All the way. Um, because we're going to do some fun things. We're going to do some activation today. But I want you to see how this works, okay? So, Jeff, why don't you go first and in two minutes tell us the vision that you had and then uh, how you – Functioned with God in this vision
1: okay. do I get the microphone yes. I don't. <laughs> that's that's trust right there <laughs> okay um so I was just starting to, to practice going to heaven, and um the the first thing that I saw was um I was in front of all these animals so it looked kind of like a zoo there's a, one of every kind of animal, and there was a lion right in front of me and i'm honestly I was kind of skeptical that what I was seeing was the Lord at the time and um and I saw this line, and it turned towards all the other animals, and it roared, but there was something lacking in its roar. Um, and when it turned its head to the side, I saw the tongue dangling outside of its mouth, just kind of on the side. And uh, I honestly had no idea why I was seeing it, and and you know what anything meant. I'm still thinking. I don't know if this is God. And so I asked the Lord, Lord, what what does this mean? And uh, and he said, until you tame the tongue, the lion doesn't have the authority that it needs to command the other animals. Yeah. So I prayed for the. In the <laughs> so I prayed for the lion. Its tongue went rigid and then went back into its mouth, and then it roared, and all the other animals ran off. Um, and he was speaking to me about understanding authority and taming your tongue.
0: wasn't that amazing? So heaven had something to say to him. It was a condition that the Lord was trying to reveal himself to Jeff in order for Jeff to uh, to advance in the things of the kingdom and the authority of the kingdom. Now, Crystal and I, um, the other night, I was like, hey, um, do you want to pray? Let's go to heaven. And she said, well, I just really question all of this because I'm not really sure about myself. I'm not really sure. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to pray for you. And I just, I just, uh, with the laying on of hands, I just anointed her. And I said, God, would you, um, would you give her everything that she needs to approach you? Would you open up the rooms in heaven? Because remember, Jesus said, I'm going away so that I can prepare for you a house i can prepare for you a a, uh, a a place and in this place there are many rooms okay that that now everybody thinks oh i'm going to get a mansion when i go and die but actually, it's, that mansion is already there. There is a house. There's a place in God. And in that place in God, there are many places which he will take us. And, um, and so uh, Crystal's heard me talk about the treasury room. And um, she said, I really want to go there. And I said, okay, well, let me pray. And then uh, we'll just both pray, and, and, and we'll go to the treasury room. Are y'all okay? Is anybody freaked out? All right. So uh, we prayed. And, um, so I asked Crystal first, I said, why don't you, um, did I, did you tell me what you saw or did I tell you what I saw first? What I saw. Why don't you tell everybody what you saw? Okay.
1: So, yes, I was very skeptical. I've been to heaven many times, but in dreams and God's taken me there. I've never practiced it like this where I'm just going to go. So (laughs) I did it and I went, it was very foggy at first. And I kept getting distracted. I was like, my back hurts. And I just kept going in and out. I would see something and then go out and see something and go out. But I finally got to the treasury room. And it was a vault. And I saw uh, lock boxes, many of them, tons of them. And I knew that they uh, they had people's names on them. And I could tell that there were bigger boxes at the top and smaller boxes at the bottom. And I could see the smaller boxes very well, just very, very clear. And the top boxes were really faded. Do you want me to keep going? Or do you want to tell the rest? Because yep. she saw. <laughs> so
0: um, she was really excited because then I said, I saw the exact same thing. I went into the treasury room, and it was a vault, like a bank vault. And all of the little boxes had names of people on them. And, and, but my mine was a little bit more clear just because I do this all the time. And so I began to see all of the boxes opening up and And I saw so many people here, and I saw the names your names were written on those boxes and I watched as as all of these pieces of paper with ribbons on them began to fly out of these boxes and I looked down and I could see storehouse and I saw the the these these pieces of paper that had your stories and your dreams, and that more than you can hope or imagine and and I saw boxes in your head begin to come open and and it slid into your minds. It slid into your, and, and so everybody began to get their dream and the things that they've been laboring for actually began to come into their minds at which, which was the faith that these things were going to come. And so uh, she said she didn't see the, the things leave, but she knew that, that each box was for each person. And so, so we went to the same place and we saw the same thing. And this is, very typical. This happens all the time. When we're uh, praying with some of my friends, we'll get together and we'll pray and then we'll ask the Lord and we'll see, we'll ask the Lord to show us and we'll ask him questions. Uh, thank you, Crystal. Um, so, so we'll ask very specific questions. Isn't she wonderful? By the way, she's got a great life group. Um, they go out on the streets, they go to the prophecy rooms. She's just basically taken over the church. Praise the Lord. I'm going to hand her this mic in about five minutes. All right. So anyway, um, uh, so, so now this is my job. These are the things that I saw. Now, what I do is I begin to bring those things down to the earth by speaking them out of my mouth. Thank you, Father. And that has to do with what's going to happen today because there's an activation for the things that I saw in heaven. So I had this other vision uh, this week. And, um, and this should be commonplace for us. We should be like the most heavenly people just releasing things for other people. And mostly what I get is for other people. So um, I, I said, Lord, I want you to show me the treasury room. Now, the treasury room doesn't always have money in it. However, sometimes it does. Um, It just depends on what my needs are, and uh, I've seen, I've gotten money out of the treasury room, and typically within a week to two weeks, we see the fulfillment of the things that we bring down. So he shows them to me there. I began to prophesy out of my mouth, and then it's made manifest in the earth, and that's the way that works. So so, uh, let me show you. Uh, so I went to the treasury room and I opened up the door, and out of the treasury room, like it was jammed packed in there, were all of these eyeballs. Isn't that so weird? It's so weird. Okay, bear with me. So all of these eyeballs come flying out, and they're coming down. They're coming into storehouse, and I'm like, okay, okay, Lord, thank you, and 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 um. <laughs> And uh, amongst the eyeballs were, now listen, come on, man. Daniel had some weird stuff. I mean, uh, uh, you know, who was it? It was Peter, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Peter who, who saw the animals, all those animals in the sheet come down. I mean, it's just weird. And you need to get over the fact that the things in heaven and the things that he show you are weird. And a lot of times he does that to test your heart. He confounds the the mind to test the heart. And so you just got to go with it. And because he does make sense of it, believe it or not. He does, he does, believe, believe, he makes sense of it. So so I saw this key, and it was a really small key. And um, I said, Lord, what is that key to? Now, these visions are interactive, so you can ask him questions, like, what am I seeing? What are you doing? What are you saying? What is this key? And I all of a sudden, I see this, this door, small little door, a square door, and um, and I'm floating above the earth. And as I open this door, I can see in all of these different places on the earth. Like it's like a, it's like a close up and then it'll zoom over there. And then it'll zoom over here and, and, um, just incredible things. And so I said, okay, Lord, what are you showing me? And so he brings me to a dream that I had 10 years ago. Don't you know, it's important to write down your dreams. He brings me to a dream 10 years prior. And he said, this is that, that I spoke of. And so I said, okay, Lord. And so, um, in the dream, um, Mike Bickle came to me and he said, this is the house of prayer that you are building and you're going to build it on the foundation of Job 42.5. And it says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. So I've heard about you, but now I'm actually seeing you. Okay, what did I see? It was the key, the eyeballs. What do they do? They fall out. They fell out into this house. And he said, this key... What did I see? I began to see. And so when I got this dream, I was up in Telluride, Colorado. And that was, I don't know, back in 2009 is when it was. Um, so, I'm going to tell you right, Colorado. I go up to the top of the mountain where I began to pray about the dream that the Lord had just given me about Job 42 5. And I realized that as I'm sitting there praying about this dream, that I'm actually sitting at a crossroads of two ski runs. One of the ski runs is called See Forever, and the other one is called Lookout. And so he says, This is that you, that you spoke of that as I began in this vision, I can see forever. And what I'm doing is I'm looking out to see forever. Come on. You can't make this stuff up. And so now what do I do now? The Lord continues to say to me, I want you to look up a vision that Matthew had, because this is that day that you have been asking God for. You've been asking God for a breaking out and an awakening of your people that the church would wake up and begin to grab hold of the things that you have for them. And in this uh, vision that Matthew had, he, uh, this was several years ago that I've been carrying this. In the vision, he, he uh, talked about the condition of the day that we're living in today, which is phenomenal. And then he, he said that, that Tracy would lay hands on people and she would anoint them to go to heaven. And so that is this day. Today, I'm going to lay hands on everybody here, and we're going to open up that doorway so that you too can go to heaven. And so I want to, because my, my, my hope is not just to tell you fancy things in the word, but to prepare you to begin to walk in those things. We need to be distribution points for the coming shaking, because I don't know about you, but the list, it keeps getting longer about what's coming this fall. And I'm like, I'm not listening to that anymore because God said, I'm releasing my eyes to my people. I'm releasing my eyes. There's going to be an incredible awakening because once you see, it's so easy to have faith. It's, it is. You're just like, no, I know that I know that I know because I've seen it. I've already seen it, and I don't have to worry. And so I prophesy these things, and so I've been prophesying over you. That you're going to have the eyes to see and that these doors are going to be opened and that the dreams that God has, has in heaven for you in this hour are all going to be coming to pass. And so that's how I do. I speak it out of my mouth. I declare it. I prophesy it. And therefore, I have just activated it because it says that we are to be oracles of God to activate these things, Right. Now, I will tell you that as you begin doing this for yourself, that sin and the things that have held you um, in the earth and have acted like anchors so that you can't get any, any kind of, 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 of uh, love. Because he said that the love of many will grow cold because of lawlessness. Because there are many that don't understand this, therefore they're still stuck in the earthly things. Therefore they're, they're not accessing the kingdom. Therefore they're growing cold in their hearts. I don't know about you, but it, it's hard to keep fighting the fight without seeing any any victory, right? All right, turning your Bibles to um, Hebrews twelve. Are y'all good? All right, we're just going to keep going until we're not going anymore. Sorry. All right, Hebrews 12, 27, no, 25. Um, Hebrews, yeah, twelve twenty five. Give me a whoop when you're there. All right, see that you do not refuse him. Who's him? Jesus, right? See that you do not refuse him who speaks. What is he doing? He's speaking for if they did not escape, who refused him, who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? So what does that mean? Guess what? God's still speaking. <laughs> Come on, shock whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, "Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. "'Now this, yet once more, indicates the, the removal of the things that are being shaken.'" As of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. He's saying, Listen, don't worry about it. I'm going to shake it all so that. That, the, the, that thing that cannot be shaken, that means that oil that's in your lamp, that means that, that the word of God that will not go away, even though everything gets shaken, the word of God is what he's after. He's really after himself, don't you know? In Hebrews 2, it says that he's going to shake everything that can be shaken so that all will come, every nation will come to the desire of Jesus. And he said, then he says this, which is interesting, the silver and the gold are mine. Well, what does that tell us? It tells us the silver and the gold is his. (laughs) Pretty simple. He said, "Uh, listen, when everything starts to shake, you need to pay attention to the silver and the gold. Why? Because the earth is shaking because of the deceitfulness of riches. Remember I said in the beginning that, that the, that the root of all evil is the love of money, but he's saying, don't worry about it. The silver and the gold is mine. See, there is a great outpouring and a, and a, you're looking at all of the things of the earth that are about to come down. I'm telling you, there is a great transfer of wealth that has been laid up for this last day revival. The war is over the gold. The nations are battling over the gold. But Revelation 5 said this, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessings. You see, Jesus has control over all of this. He's the administrator of all of the wealth of the nations. He is the administrator. And we're called to be distribution points. We're called to be storehouses. And he told us in Matthew 24, the things that must come. Yes, I'm going to make you turn there. Okay, we're going to go through this really quick because I want to tell you what he said we're supposed to be doing in this hour. Turn to Matthew 24. He said, listen, um, here's what's going to happen. Everything's going to start shaking. And um, Matthew 24 verse three, they said, tell us what is the sign of your coming and the end of the age. So tell us about this time where there's going to be a great shift. Um, And he said, listen, don't worry about these things. He keeps saying, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And that's really the word for the church. And it has been the word for the church all along every time in every exodus that, that there has been every biblical exodus. He said, don't worry for I am with you. Right. And so we are called to number one I want you to pass through all the bad things that are going to happen, blah, blah, blah. There's a laundry list. And I want you to go to um, the parable of the fig tree. And so he talks about a fig tree, and he talks about the fruit, when you see the fruit on this fig tree. So you, he's saying, listen, you may not know the day and the hour, but you're going to know the season. You're going to know the generation, because you're going to see with your own eyes that a lot of these things begin to happen, and you're going to see the blooming of the fruit tree, which is Israel, all right, so, uh, or the fig tree. Um And then it goes down and it talks about the faithful and the evil servant. The faithful and the evil servant are the are the those that are responsible to God for preparing his people. uh, Without the prophetic and the apostolic being in the land, my people will perish because without vision, his people perish, right? So those that are looking and hearing who have been set over you, I have been set over you by God to listen and to hear and then proclaim, I am blowing a trumpet, and I am saying, the hour is now. Get about the Father's business. Stop being uh, 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 lazy boy Christians. So he said, listen, you've got to tell my people. And by the way, he says that he's going to saw the servants in two that don't do this, so that's not good. Then he talks about the wise and foolish virgins, which is all of us, we're all virgins, we're all the church, you know, dressed in white, and, and he said, listen, there are actually going, he's talking about the whole church, there's actually going to be people in the church that don't enter into this, this kingdom activity, because they don't have oil in their lamps, because they, they're caught up in religion, Jesus did not die for a religion. Jesus died to make new men and women look like Him on the earth to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom and the oracles of God. Okay, so we've got that. So, so he's like, okay, who are my who are my um, wise virgins? You're going to have oil in your lamps. You're going to be the oily ones. Oil in your lamp means that you are filled up with the word of God, that you have a life and intimacy with with Jesus. You have a love relationship with him. He knows you. You know him. Remember, he said, away from me, for I do not know you. And so you want in this hour to make sure that you have rearranged your schedule and that as husband and wives or as a group of women or a group of men that you get together and you get to know God real fast. I want to know you, I want to know who you are, and I want you to tell me who I am in you, okay? But he also said about the the wise virgins, they were the ones that trimmed their wicks. They trimmed their wicks. So not only did they hear, but they were ready in that season and prepared for his return. So it's not just about sitting around in a prayer room, la, 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 la. Are we having fun? I'm just washing in the word and this is so great. No, he said, no, but you actually have to be doing what I'm telling you. So it's obedience that's required in this hour. You see, beloved, uh, we were praying for you and um, we took three days to fast and pray and ask the Lord, what will you have us do in this hour? What, How are we going to prepare and how are we going to prepare for storehouse? Tell us, Lord, we want to hear your voice. And he showed us that each one of you were getting a clipboard. And he was distributing these clipboards and every single one of you based in your own life and your own circumstance and your own resources, you were going to be given by him a list of the things that you must do in order to prepare for the days ahead. And, and it doesn't matter how much money you have. It's not like, oh, I got to go get a third job or, or you know, rob a bank or whatever. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Matthew. So trim our wicks. So, the, so, so, God, what do you, what do you want for us? John and I were praying together, and we were just like, Lord. And the Lord gave us a list, and I mean, He was very clear. He gave us dreams about um, financial tools in the marketplace that we didn't even know existed. He began to talk to us about investments and things that he's saying, I want you to do with your money, but we didn't even know that those, those were financial tools. We had to look them up. We were like, oh, that's a thing. Uh, You know, so when you ask the question, he's going to give you the answer. Okay, so so you need to stop what you're doing as a husband and wife or as if you're a single woman or single man, you need to get together with brothers that you know that hear from the Lord and you just need to sit and you need to wait and say, so this is what I feel like the Lord is saying. What we do is we'll write it all down. As a group, when I get together with my prayer group and we intercede and we 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 go to the place in heaven and we begin to write down and and we'll show each other our own tablets and we all have the same thing. That's confirmation. God speaks and he confirms his words. And then he goes in and he talks about he talks about uh, look, you don't want to be uh, 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 an unwise virgin in this hour, because you're actually going to be a resource for so many people, for your neighbors, everything. Um, And then he talks about the parable of the talents. He said, I want you, I'm going to give you a seed. I'm going to give you a talent, meaning money. I'm going to give you some money. And now I want you to take that and I want you to invest it in the kingdom so that you can be a distribution point in the days of the shaking. He's talking about the talents after he was asked about the things that are coming, He said, I'm going to pour out my money in this hour to the people that are the, are the wise virgins so that you can distribute to many. And he didn't, and you notice that that he, the one that got the one talent, he refers to him as a wicked man because he took and he hoarded that he got the one. And so we, there's a real, there's a real, um, admonishment from the Lord. Be very careful not to, to, To store up and and to hoard for yourself. Because as you give away what you have, more will be given to you. As you give it away, whatever it is, whether it's food, whether it's finances, whatever it is, whether it's power, uh, whatever it is, God is going to give you more as you give it to your neighbors. And we're going to be the place where the neighbors, our neighbors who are unsaved begin to come to us because we're cooking these feasts. And they're like, where did you get your food and say, you know, the Lord told me to store up. Let me, let me feed the whole neighborhood and it will never run out. The Lord told me, he said, in the times of trouble, I want you to make one pot of soup and I'm going to feed thousands from one pot of soup. Okay? Yes. <laughs> Exciting, people. I know. <laughs> this is what we've been asking for, right? Sometimes we got to be put in a pressure cooker in order to actually be activated in it, get about the business of the father. So here's what I want to do. Um, um, Chad, come on up. I'm, my mind's going a thousand. Uh, this is really, I can't express to you how excited I am about today. I have such faith and such hope and I believe that the Lord brought you here for such a time as this. I believe that God brought you here because he doesn't want you to be earthbound anymore. And, uh, and a lot of you that have been really struggling in the areas of, of, of heartache and sin and, 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 and um, confusion, mostly, um, I believe God wants to set you free today. And he's going to set you free by opening up that door, even in your own mind, that has been shut to the things of heaven and so that we can uh, cooperate with Jesus in this hour and bring heaven to earth so I am the Lord told me to lay hands and impart the ability to go to heaven today is one of my happiest days on the earth I have been waiting for this day for years and the Lord said today is the day today is the day So it's an exciting day.